Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. You have reached the man, Motormouth Mosley. Thank you for logging on and calling in. You have reached the man cave. If you want to call in, you got questions, you got comments, you can call in at 347-945-7975. Look forward to hearing what you got to say. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about to cram into these 30 minutes. First thing I want to do is want to give you our contact information. Just in case you want to hit us up on Twitter sometime, you can hit us up at mmmosley24 on Twitter. You can hit us up on Facebook at the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. Email the show at motormouthmosley at AOL.com. And, of course, we always have snail mail. And you can uh, our address, our street address is the Motormouth Mosley Man Cave. That's P.O. Box 55, Redan, Georgia, 30074. Love to hear from you. The topics of the show tonight are going to be we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL cuts. All 32 NFL teams went from 90 players to 75 today. It's their first initial cut. Uh, some notable names that I will address uh, that won't be on this year's teams. At least it doesn't look like right now. Uh, we'll also go over this week's college football schedule. We've got a full slate of NCAA games. The uh, Every uh, top 25 team, AP top 25 team, is playing except for Stanford, the Cardinals of Stanford. So we'll go down that schedule real quick. Also want to talk a little baseball. Uh, Miggy uh, Cabrera. Uh, and his chase for the Triple Crown in Major League Baseball. Touch a little bit on the U.S. Open. I prefer only to talk about the women at the U.S. Open, and it's not because uh, only that they're women, but it's because, to me, women's tennis is enjoyable to watch. Uh, it's a better game to watch than watching the men, so I prefer watching men's tennis, I mean, women's tennis. Um, and then from there, I do have a, a little bit of... Uh, Golf, like I said, we'll talk about this week's Deutsche Bank uh, Open that's going to be playing this weekend. But as I said, the majority of the show is going to talk about football. Uh, it's my favorite time of the year. It's the motivation for this show. And not only do I love football, but I also love college football. But I will start off with NFL football. Today, uh, I believe at 3 o'clock was the cutoff time, East Coast time was the cutoff time for all teams to have trimmed their rosters from 90 players down to 75. Uh, some of the notable players, I'll go down uh, and, and just uh, touch on some of the highlights of some of the teams that uh, let go some players today and some of the players that actually are still holding on that I thought were somewhat interesting, at least to me. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, not that they cut anybody of really any major interest that really stuck out, but the one guy who is still holding on and who I really hope makes the team and somehow, some way, ends up having a pretty decent NFL career is their linebacker, Brian Banks, who last year was in the camp with the Seattle Seahawks. 
Uh, his story is he was falsely accused of a sexual assault by a young lady, and then after serving some time in jail, um, she finally came clean and said it wasn't him and he was totally innocent. So he's been exonerated, and he was a stellar athlete coming out of high school, I believe in California. I think he had a, an offer to go to USC, and because of his troubles, missed out on that opportunity. But he's still trying to grasp uh, some a semblance of a career with the Atlanta Falcons. And as much as I may personally give the Falcons a hard time, I commend them not only for bringing him into camp, but also for giving him a legitimate shot. I believe right now he's sitting as the third string inside linebacker. Uh, so we'll see if he makes it. I wish the guy nothing but the best. Uh, some of the other notable uh, transactions that happened today, Baltimore Ravens let go of Asante Shanko. And to me, the reason why that's somewhat noteworthy is because Shanko was brought in to replace Dennis Pitta, who got hurt and is lost for the season. So Shanko, uh, I believe, initially was thought to be brought in to be the replacement, and it was pretty much a done deal that you thought that he would make the team. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So um, I guess uh, Coach Harbaugh must have somebody else in camp that he's uh, more comfortable with. Uh, I don't know if there was some personality issues with Shanko. I think there, in the past there have been. But um, DeSante Shanko looking for a home, looking for a team. Carolina Panthers let go of Waiwa Hawaii and Damian Memorial Schools, Kilo Polaris. He was a return specialist, slot guy um, that, uh, you know, from, from the town I basically grew up in in Hawaii. Uh, so he's now looking for a home. Uh, Cleveland Browns let go of Jordan Norwood. Jordan Norwood is the son of personal friends of mine um, and also uh, associate head coach at Baylor University, Brian Norwood. He's had a, he's been in the league for two or three years, so I know he'll catch on somewhere. He's a great young man. He's a great uh, possession receiver. So uh, although he may not have been let go, uh, he may not have made the, the Browns, I'm sure he'll find a home somewhere. And sometimes these teams let go players, let players go, who they are actually doing them a favor uh, because of their situation on that team. It may be a number situation where they can't help that team, but if they let them go early enough, some other team can take a look at them and then get them in the camp uh, early enough so they can actually uh, kind of fit in. Uh, Dallas Cowboys let go of Nick Stevens, back backup quarterback. And the reason why he's notable is because I think there's some teams that could actually use his services. I watched him play a few preseason games, and he's actually pretty talented. Uh, strong arm, good size. Um, so I would imagine that Buffalo might be giving him a look because they're having some serious quarterback issues. And uh, I would imagine Carolina might even give him a look. Uh, Jared Green was let go. He's a wide receiver out of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the reason why he's notable is because his father – was the great Washington Redskins cornerback, Daryl Green. And uh, Daryl Green gave Dallas Cowboys nightmares throughout the years, and it's just kind of sad that his son didn't quite make it. Uh, Houston Texans let go Stephen McGee, a backup quarterback, who I also think will find a home somewhere. Uh, Miami Dolphins, uh, they let go of Javorski Lane. I just like saying Javorski Lane. He's like a 270-pound fullback 
that played at Texas A&M that was on the streets doing, you know, normal work. And Coach Sherrill, who I believe is offensive coordinator uh, at Miami, brought him in last year, and he made the team and uh, helped them out a lot. So, yeah, not that the Miami Dolphins might not need his services, but, again, he's a, one of those guys that I believe that some team might take a look at. I know a lot of teams don't even carry a fullback anymore, but for the few teams that do, Javorski Lane's a name that we might hear from again. Uh, it was a kind of bad day today for uh, Texas Tech quarterbacks, too, because two Texas Tech quarterbacks got let go, uh, Graham Harrell and Seth Diggy. Both of them were let go, so it wasn't a good day for former Texas A&M quarterbacks. Uh, the New York Jets uh, let go of, to me, three notable players, Billy Cundiff, former Cowboys, a kicker. He looks like that actor, uh, Haley Joel Osmond, and uh, Braylon Edwards, who at one time was a great receiver for the Jets, uh, did some very spectacular things for him. Uh, but he was let go, and Joe McKnight, who was a return specialist who never evolved into the running back that they thought he was going to be. And that kind of ha- that kind of was the same thing that happened with McKnight when he was at USC. Uh, he came in as one of the, ta- the highest-touted uh, high school recruits into USC, and he, just quite, he never quite became the star uh, that they had hoped for. But those are some of the notable names off the Jets. Of course, their big battle is that quarterback with Geno Smith and Mark Sanchez fighting over the starting position and basically both fighting health issues. So uh, I think that it just, it's going to be a really, really tough year for the Jets to do anything of any major significance. Uh, the Oakland Raiders let go of Joe Cribs, Josh Cribs. And Cribs was a great return specialist with the, with the uh Cleveland Browns for a few years, Pro Bowl, I mean, was spectacular. And now he can't, he's looking for a home on the streets. I'm sure money might have had something to do with that. In a, uh, in a transaction that happened earlier this week that really wasn't uh, due to a cut, but it was more in line with some injuries, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles traded running back Felix Jones to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Steelers have been going through some major uh, issues at running back health-wise. Uh, I, Jonathan Dwyer was looking good. Uh, they let go of Shard Mendenhall. He's now, I believe, with uh, Arizona. So they brought in Felix Jones, I guess, as uh, the last-ditch effort to hopefully get somebody in there. San Diego Chargers let go of Nathan Edley. Nathan Edley, for any of my listeners who might be listening from uh, Western Athletic Conference uh, areas, he was a quarterback at Idaho who led them to some uh, – success that had never been seen in Moscow. Um, and they also let go of Chris Gronkowski. Uh, Chris Gronkowski is the brother of the tight end that plays for the Patriots, who is having multiple surgeries and, and all that stuff. Uh, he's been let go, so who knows? I think he had spent some time with the Patriots at one time, so they may look for him again. But, again, he's a fullback, and not many teams are carrying fullbacks anymore. Um Let's see, anybody else? Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, really uh, nobody of real note was cut, but they did make some uh, designations that are roster-worthy. Uh, Michael Crabtree and Mario Manningham, both running backs, uh, were uh, designated to the reserve PUP list, which is uh, unable to perform, player unable to perform and they won't be available to play until the sixth week of, of this season. 
Uh, let's see. Seven-year NFL vet, former Green Bay Packer Will Blackman was let go by the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Zach Miller, uh, but not that Zach Miller, a different Zach Miller uh, was let go. Uh, he had spent three years in the NFL, uh, mostly with Jacksonville. Uh, and don't get him mistaken with the Zach Miller that plays for the Raiders. Uh, had played for the Raiders, but now plays for, I believe, the Seahawks. And then the Washington Redskins let go of 33-year-old Dante Stallworth, which may be the end of his career. And former UH cornerback, uh, defensive back Ryan Mouton was let go by the Redskins. Um, a very talented young man. Hopefully he'll, he'll get picked up by another team. And the last player, I believe, who I want to mention as for the uh, players who have been released, uh, is Eric Katani. And the reason why I want to mention him is because Eric Katani is a fullback who also played with the Washington Redskins, but he was a he is also a Navy Reserve officer. He just got, I believe, his lieutenant um, commission uh, just within the last couple of weeks, and he played at the Naval Academy under uh, UH coach, uh, former UH player Ken, Kenny Niumatololo, and he serves uh, in the reserves, and he was uh, trying to make it as a football player, something that hadn't been done, I believe, since Napoleon McCallum. Uh, but, you know, to me, those were the notable cuts in the first round of cuts. Now, they will be having another another cut this Saturday, I believe, um, the rosters will be cut from 75 to 23, from 75 to 53, and there will be a lot of known players. Some players who have who have had good careers or are having good careers will be cut just because of financial reasons. There, uh, maybe some guy in the camp can do what they do for a lot less, so these guys will be hit the, hitting the streets. And a lot of them will get picked up, and some won't get picked up until maybe two or three weeks into the season. But uh, as most of the cuts that happened today were somewhat expected. These are guys who probably didn't get a whole lot of playing time during uh, these preseason games. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, all 32 NFL teams uh, will be playing uh, – Thursday night, I believe, all, all NFL, all uh, 16 games on Thursday night. So it'll be uh, a lot of football. I'm sure your team will be, well, your, your team will definitely be playing, but more than likely, unlike last week's game, Thursday night's games will all be played by a majority of players who are fighting to be on the team. The stars, the players that you have recognized their names, the guys who you expect to be there, in two weeks won't be playing. You'll have a bunch of guys who are fighting for their NFL lives, and it should be fun to watch. Uh, you'll see some good football. Uh, it may not be of the caliber that you're accustomed to, but in a lot of ways for some teams, especially teams that are rebuilding, you are looking at your future. Uh, you know, a team that may be struggling, maybe the Raiders, they may play some guys who uh, who may show up and, and be starters, but it's, it's going to be uh, – a last-ditch effort for a bunch of guys to impress a bunch of coaches uh, and hopefully hold on to their NFL careers. Again, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. You can call us in at 347-945-7975. If you're listening in 
after the live broadcast, if you're listening into an archived episode, I do appreciate you listening in. Uh, try to catch this live so you can call in and throw in your two cents worth, and we can have a little back and forth. As I said, one of the other things that's starting up this week, not only do we have college football, high school football has started in most states already, but we also got some uh, college football, big-time college football. Now, most of the college football teams, these games, the first ones will be sleeper games. It will be, you know, a great team playing against a team that's not so familiar, that's not so recognized, that's not so good, to be honest. Uh, but there will be some good games. And I'll go down the top 25, and then I'll touch on a couple more. But number one, Alabama will be playing Virginia Tech. Now, that's going to be a decent game. Virginia Tech always, uh, always puts out a pretty competitive program. Pretty competitive team. Coach Frank Beamer is a great coach, one of Hall of Fame coach. Uh, so that should be a, a decent ball game. Although Alabama is an absolute juggernaut right now, I don't know how anybody's going to stop them. But as Coach Hermel would say, you play to win the game. So on any given Sunday, now on any given Saturday, anything can happen. Number two, uh, Heisman uh, hopeful Bra- uh, Braxton Miller leads Ohio State against Buffalo. Oregon plays against Nickel State out of the Southland Conference. Uh, another one of the good matchups of the weekend will be number five, Georgia, playing against number eight, Clemson. Their last meeting was in 2003, and that should be a great ball game. you got Aaron Murray, uh, quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs, Heisman hopeful. You've got Taj, Bo- Taj Boyd, quarterback for Clemson, Heisman hopeful. So uh, Sammy Watkins, I mean, you've got – that's going to be probably the premier game of the weekend. You've also got South Carolina playing against North Carolina in a border battle. Uh, I think that I think North Carolina hasn't won in South Carolina in about 30 years, so that should be a good game. Texas A&M playing against Rice. It's um, Clemson versus Georgia, as I said. Um, and then you've got number nine, Louisville, playing against Ohio University. Bobcats, that's on Sunday. And then you've got, let's see, number 10, Florida, plays against Toledo. Number 11, Florida State versus Pitt. That's a Monday night college game. Number 12, ooh, another heated battle. The Bengal Tigers out of LSU will be playing against the Horn Frogs of Texas Christian University. That should be a very good game. I believe that game is being played at AT AT&T Stadium, uh, formerly known as Cowboy Stadium. And then you've got number 13, Oklahoma State against Mississippi State. SEC versus Big 12, that should still be a good game. Um, number 14, Notre Dame plays against the Temple Owls. They have better luck playing against the Temple Wildcats. Uh, number 15, Texas versus New Mexico State. Should be a blowout, especially since my te- since uh, New Mexico State no longer has Andrew Manley playing quarterback, so they're no longer one of my chosen teams. Uh, number 16, Oklahoma versus the University of Louisiana at Monroe. Number 17, Michigan versus Central Michigan, in-state battle. Number 18-ranked Nebraska versus Wyoming. Number 19, Mountain West Conference's own, Boise State versus UW. And then we got Tennessee, like I said, uh, number 21, UCLA versus Nevada. Uh, That could be an upset. Nevada puts on a very good uh, show. They have a great program. Uh, That pistol offense uh, might be a little bit much for UCLA to deal with. Number 22, Northwestern, Dave Reardon's former college versus the Brainiacs of Cal. Number 23, Wisconsin versus UMass. 
And then the highlight out west, I mean far out west, University of Southern California, Trojans play against the University of Hawaii, renamed the Rainbow Warriors. And that will be a Thursday night game, which I believe is being televised nationally. More than likely, the folks Hawaii won't get to watch unless they pay for it. Whole long story, long story. And then number 25, Oregon State plays against Eastern Washington. As I said, a lot of these games, you'll have scores like 45 to 10, 52 to 8, you know, just blowouts. Uh, you know, a few of these games will be definitely worth watching. I don't foresee there any, being any major upsets. Uh, the matchups that are competitive going in, you know, they should be good games. Uh, I did want to also check the starting dates for a couple of programs that uh, I am somewhat vested in. Uh, Baylor uh, with Heisman Hopeful Lake Seastrunk out of Temple, Texas, uh, and Coach Brian Norwood will be playing against the Wolford Terriers out of Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, Georgia Tech plays Elon, the Elon Phoenix out of Elon, North Carolina. Uh, and that's with Coach Buzzy Preston over at Georgia Tech. Good luck. Go Jackets. And then Eastern Illinois plays against San Diego State University. Uh, Eastern Illinois is being coached by former teammate Dino Babers, and he's actually going back to his home to play. He's a former, he's a, originally from uh, South, uh, San Diego, Morris High School, I believe, Morris High School. So it's kind of a homecoming for him. And then Coach Kenny New Matulolo over at Navy, they don't start until next week. So that's a little bit about college football. Like I said, some great matchups. Uh, should be a lot of fun. A great way to spend your Saturday. You know, folks are going to start tailgating and uh, you know, doing cookouts and having parties at the house. And in a couple of days, we're going to have uh, Coach Chef Raymond, excuse me, Chef Raymond on, and he's going to give us some pointers on on how to uh, perfect our queuing. I know most of the men out there think they're master grill masters already, but we're going to have uh, Coach, uh, excuse me, I keep wanting to say Coach. We're going to have Chef uh, uh, Kippy Ray Williams on the show, and he's going to talk a little bit about uh, some special uh, marinades and uh, techniques into barbecuing. As I said, I do want to talk a little bit about baseball. And the only thing I'm going to talk about baseball, there's some definitely heated races going on in some of the divisions, but more importantly is the heated race with uh, uh, Miguel Cabrera, Miggy, and uh, Crash Davis. Uh, Miggy's going for a back-to-back triple crown, which means he's going to lead the league in home runs, RBIs, and average. And right now he's sitting rather pretty. He's up by about 20 points in average, about 12 RBIs, and but the only one he's trailing in is he's trailing Crash Davis by three home runs. So that's one of the few things about baseball uh, that will keep non-baseball fans maybe somewhat interested in. Me, myself, personally, I'm kind of a baseball nut. I like baseball a lot, maybe not as much as football, but I do like baseball. And uh, that will be something for me to watch also. My Rangers are up by a game and a half, I believe, over the – uh, Oakland A's in the American League uh, West Division. Uh, Braves are still up large over in the uh, National League East. So we'll see what's going to happen with uh, these final races. Uh, golf, real quick. This week's Deutsche Bank Open, uh, the only thing that I want to talk about with that real quickly is that one of the pairings that they have 
is a good reason to tune into the Golf Channel, to be honest. If you have the time and you at your leisure, you're able to uh, be at home and watch golf during the day, and you are a sports fan and you happen to be a golf fan or a golfer, you might want to keep an eye because Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and Adam Scott will be in one group. That will cause chaos and crowds on Thursday and Friday. And if any of those three happen to make it into the final pairing on on the weekend, you can just feel the excitement that's going to happen. I mean, it's everybody and their uncle is going to be in those groups. Uh, let's see. And then lastly, let's see, lastly, yes, U.S. Open. Not the U.S. Golf Open, but the U.S. Tennis Open. Uh, as I said, I prefer women's golf and the women's tennis over men's tennis. Uh, not because of the women. It's not even the sexist thing. It's just the quality of tennis. I enjoy watching better. The rallies are better. Uh, it takes a little bit more strategy. It's not as much power for most of the players. But it's it's a fun game to watch. If they could just stop them from all that grunting, I'd really enjoy it a lot more. But I do want to talk about it real quick. Uh, one of the top players in the world, Maria Sharapova, missed the tournament because she's uh, healing an ailing shoulder, I believe. Uh, she got hurt uh, a couple of weeks ago and decided to withdraw from the Open this year. She's a former uh, major champion, one of the best in the world. Uh, but she did pull out. And... Um, more than likely, she would have been at least in the quarterfinals or if not the finals. So she would have been very competitive, but unfortunately she's not in. And that happens. You know, injuries part of sports. But Serena played last night. Venus played last night. Both very dominating. Uh, Victoria Azarenka, who's the number two player in the world, uh, dominating in her first appearance. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if they end up seeing this a number one, number two uh, finals, uh, Azarenka against Serena. But uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to two players. One, Sloan Stevens, American, won her opening round. And more importantly, the main upset, the big upset of the first round, 296th rank, 17-year-old Victoria Duval out of the United States defeated number 11 seed Samantha Stozer, I believe she's out of Germany, but defeated her. In the opening round, 17-year-old Victoria Duval. Serena and Venus both, I believe, are close to 30, a little bit over 30. So, you know, their careers are somewhat winding down a little bit. Still dominating. I'm not putting them in retirement home yet. Still dominating. But if we're going to ask about the future of women's tennis in the United States, um, I know that there's a young girl out of Georgia whose name I can't remember. Uh, very talented. Uh she made, I believe, the, the quarterfinals a couple of years ago in a, in a finals. Uh, but um, the name Sloan Stevens and the name Victoria Duval might be names we want to hold on to in the near future. Um, again, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. This is the man, the big mouth, the big mouth in charge, the resident big mouth, Motormouth Mosley. I uh, want to touch on one, two more things before I go. I've got a couple of minutes. Uh, something may occur opening weekend of the NFL season. Quarterback Jeff Toole with the Buffalo Bills, because of injuries and some things that have happened up there, 
may be the first undrafted rookie quarterback to start an opening season game for an NFL team in the modern era of the NFL, which basically is 1967 to the present. So through all these years, this is a guy who was not drafted, um, but because E.J. Manuel and Kevin Cobb are both dealing with injuries, this young man may get to start. And his credentials aren't all that spectacular. He was basically 4-22 and when he was in college. Four wins and 22 losses as a starter. So you're talking about you never know when your opportunity will come. Well, here's this young man's opportunity. So I wish him nothing but the best of luck. Uh, never know what's going to happen. It may be the future. Uh, it may just be a one-time deal. But, again, just want to say thank you for listening in to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. We'll be having another show on Thursday night. 11 o'clock Eastern Time, adjust wisely. Uh, right now, I'm getting ready to turn on my, on my uh, laptop and watch a little high school volleyball out of Kona, Hawaii. Kalakehi is going to be playing. So, as we all know, I am a sports fanatic. I will watch just about anything except soccer sports related. But I want to thank you for listening in. It's been a great show. It's been a great time running my mouth, doing what I do best. Look forward to talking to you. Looking forward to your emails. Looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you again. Tune in next time. Mahalo and have a great day.